Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 451 of our three-year journey through God's Word, and we've come now to Acts chapter 6. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of your Word in all of its fullness and richness. It is the truth, and it is the words of life. We pray that you'd write your Word in our hearts today as we look to you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 6, the establishment of deacons in the church, as the first seven deacons are chosen. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their wives were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they had said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freemen, as it was called, And of the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and those from Cilicia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him to the council And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. That's Acts chapter 6, a fairly short chapter, and really two clear parts to it. First of all, there are seven men who are chosen to serve. This is generally understood to be the establishment of the office of deacon in the church. And so you have uh, the apostles, the leadership within the church in Jerusalem. They are dedicated to preaching the word, to prayer and the ministry of the word, They are the spiritual shepherds of the flock. They are the ones feeding them with the word of God and praying for the church. They are the elders. They are the shepherds. They are the leaders of the church. Well, then you have a need arise within the church. And it's a need that's complex. It's caught up with with ethnic uh, discrimination and fear over ethnic discrimination. We're, We're not really... We're not really told uh, exactly uh, 
you know, where these disputes came from or, or, or exactly, uh, you know, <clears throat> what effect it was having on the church. But it was really the first kind of division within the church. And it was an ethnic division between those who were Hebrew-speaking Jews and those who were Hellenists or Greek-speaking Jews. Again, these are all Jewish people at this point in time in the church. It's going to be Acts chapter 10 before we get the real first Gentile convert, Cornelius the Centurion, and his household who come into the church. But here what we have is we have uh, Greek speakers who feel like they're being discriminated against or they or they are being neglected in the daily distribution. It might be a language issue, a language barrier, who knows. But they want seven men, seven godly men, seven men who are full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And what's important to, for us to note here is they are being sensitive to the ethnic nature of this dispute because the men that they pick, if you look at these names, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch, these are all Greek speakers. These are all Greek, Greco-Roman names. They're not Hebrew names. These are not Hebrew speakers. These are Greek speakers. So they want to take better care of the Greek-speaking widows within the church. They appoint godly men who are Greek speakers to serve them. So there is a sensitivity here being demonstrated in Acts 6 that ethnic divisions are a reality, linguistic divisions are a reality, and you ought to be sensitive to those things, and you ought to handle those things in the power of the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, but in a way that is sensitive to the nature of what is going on among the people of the congregation. And as soon as they settle this dispute, we see that the Word of God continues to increase, and the number of disciples is multiplied greatly. So the office of deacon is a very necessary office for meeting needs within the church so that people feel like they're fully participating in the benefits and the blessing of being children of God and they feel like they're not being neglected or they're not actually being neglected from being able to share in the blessings of the kingdom. Well, Stephen was the first of the deacons who was mentioned. He was a man full of the Holy Spirit and he's a strong faith and even though he's a deacon, and what he's primarily called to do is to meet the needs within the church. He is still a powerful evangelist and an apologist. He's out there engaging people in the gospel. He's, he's preaching Christ. He is showing people from scripture that Jesus is the Christ who was promised. And he meets opposition. Notice that at first they try to argue with him. They try to rise up and dispute with him in verse 9. But when they can't, when they can't win the argument on the basis of evidence and reason and logic, they then turn to false accusation and fear-mongering so that they just need to get rid of this guy. You know, the world can't stand up really against the truth of God. And so what you see happen again and again in cultures is that when, when there's a dispute over some issue, if God's people hold firm to the truth of God and hold out what the truth is, and they do so in love and with wisdom, the world can't, can't answer that. They can't defeat that. No one's ever been able to successfully, intellectually, historically, uh, evidentially, rationally defeat 
the truth claims of Christianity because the fact that there is a God is very evident in the very nature of creation. The fact that Jesus is the Christ is very evident in the nature of fulfilled prophecy and the reality of the resurrection. And this case for Christianity is very, very strong. And so what happens is when people get tired of it, they just say, oh, you guys are just a bunch of narrow-minded bigots and you're just self-righteous and arrogant. And you're, so, so what, what, what begins as dialogue and discussion turns into accusation and slander. And that's exactly what happens with Stephen. But notice that Stephen is trusting God. He's continuing to tell the truth. And even as he's brought before the council, he remains full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. We don't have any evidence that he starts to get down in the mud with them and start slinging mud back at them. He continues to speak the truth in faith, in the power of the Holy Spirit, for the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we have the truth to speak, to believe and to speak. Help us to speak it well. Help us also to serve your people well within the church. Help us to be mindful of needs, sensitive to uh, people's uh, uh, perspective and position so that we can meet needs in a practical way and continue to speak the word of God in a bold and clear way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, a short chapter today, Acts chapter 6. We're going to jump back into uh, the book of Second, uh, First Kings uh, with chapter 3 tomorrow. Hope you can join me for that. As always, have a blessed day in the Lord.